You can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. Now, I can, but I'm the exception. Uh, a lot of people, Brian, are, are, are pointing out that I got punked at the microwave. Um, Basically, that's what happened, and you try to come in here and make us feel sorry for you. You just got checked. Um, <laughs> I I think what happened was inappropriate. And You should have been like, ho, I'm about to use that. What should I have said? Hey, man, I was about yeah, to yo, use I'm that. About to, I'm about to use that. The best part is that you knew exactly who I was talking about well, once we got in the break. Well, you described, All I said I was a well-dressed dude. It's only two dudes that dress well <laughs> over there <laughs> on a regular basis, you know? So I know I, I – and, and If you describe somebody in this building as well-dressed, they really do stand out. I'd say you're well-dressed around here and – The dude that just punked you at the microwave. <laughs> the guy that just punked me at the microwave. <laughs> um, JP, that's how you get food delivered at the golf course. Now you're talking. So, obviously, there's MJ's a, a, a lot going on today. Uh, we're, we're hoping to speak with Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. He's got two Super Bowl wins in the last five years. I'd argue that's pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Expected him to call in in a few minutes. We're going to kind of be flexible, Landini, and, and, and see what happens there. Um, the, the stuff going on right now that I think is, is most interesting, everybody's waiting to hear what Baltimore does with Lamar Jackson. I, I'd i argue that's the biggest domino to fall. We do know Derek Carr signed with the Saints. Yep. Um, that's, I, over at, that's at 4 o'clock, right? 4 o'clock, yep. I, now, it's possible it stretches a little, especially if there's a trade or something because everything has to get approved by the league. But I think, by and large, we're going to know at 4, if not a little bit before. Um, all sorts of kind of reporting being done out there. Lamar is the biggest domino to fall. But you also have Daniel Jones in New York. Yep. You kind of have Saquon Barkley in New York. If, if they got, they gonna have to do one or the other. They can't do both. You can't do neither. Yeah. But they've said they're gonna do one of them. I'm not sure I would put a franchise tag on a running back, even somebody as good as Saquon. Um, I'm not sure I would put a franchise tag on a quarterback if I thought that quarterback was worth it. I'm not sure I would put a franchise tag on Daniel Jones. I don't know what – the Giants situation is really interesting, and I'd argue going one step further, if you look at the folks running the Giants, they hired Joe Shane and Brian Dayball from Buffalo. When the new version of Buffalo, Brandon um, Bean and McDermott, got up there to Western New York, they inherited a roster that was pretty good, and I believe – I believe it was Tyrod was their quarterback. And I think they won 10 games or something, mm-hmm. made it into the playoffs, maybe even won a playoff game or lost to the Jaguars in, in a all-time ugly, low-scoring game. And they kind of got into a similar situation where they're like, all right, uh, we got to decide what to do. And all offseason they talked about, you know, we, we love Tyrod, we want to make this work. And then sure enough, free agency, free agency showed up and they let him go. Yeah, These are the same people. This is the same team that won more games than expected with a quarterback. When they arrived last year, they chose not to pick up the fifth-year option on. Mm-hmm. They're in the same situation that we are. It's at least similar. With with Deron. Aren't they? Yeah. But that money just is a little higher than what Deron's is. You had a guy that you felt you had drafted someone that could, could fill his position. He goes out and has a great year, and now you say, oh, I'm going to keep him. So you franchise him. 
I don't think Daniel Jones would be pissed off with a franchise tag because the franchise tag would probably it's gonna jump. His salary was what twenty last year, nineteen twenty. Yeah. yeah. Even if that, because they didn't they didn't add his fifth year to it, so he'll be moving into his fifth year at a thirty two million dollar clip when the, he was gonna make about twenty something, right? Yeah. I when you don't. And and I hope everybody keeps this in mind around here in Washington. When you don't pick up a fifth-year option, it gets way, way more tricky to get a deal done. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say it can't happen, but it sure as heck leans to a result where it doesn't happen. I... I am not sure... What's gonna happen? All right, let me give me Beamage gut re, gut reaction on who? What do the Giants do with Daniel Jones? Tag him. <clears throat> what tag? They're going with the. Uh, I, I think they're gonna go with the exclusive because they don't see him. Nobody rolling in to talk to him and offer him no extra money. That's a waste of time. Trying to put the non-exclusive on him. Just shut it down. Early. You're going to pay Daniel Jones? Hey, man, I'm just going based off what I read from New York media. They they are basically leaning towards paying Daniel Jones. See, this is this is where the quarterback market gets so screwed up. We all know Daniel Jones is not worth $32 million. But the way the league is set up, that's what Daniel Jones is going to get. Then you have quarterbacks who make unbelievable, who, who deserves it and more, and they have to struggle to get a damn contract. Really, it's just the guys on a rookie deal that get hosed because if you are good and you eventually hit the markets, but like, I mean, what did Derek Carr just get? 35 a year? Yeah. Geno Smith got 30, depending how much of the guarantees you believe. I believe the two years, 40 million. I bet it's two years, 50, but yeah, I, I hear you. 25. Yeah. <laughs> I would not put the franchise tag on Daniel Jones. I just, I wouldn't. Maybe you, you, you're happy to roll for a year. What do you think happens with Lamar? The clock is ticking, man. They're not going to get a deal signed by 4 o'clock, so you can expect the tag to hit him. Would you go exclusive there also and just say, Lamar, you're our guy. We're going to make this work one way or another? If you go non-exclusive, you are allowing another team to come in and manipulate the market and manipulate you and see what you're going to have to do. I I almost think if you go non-exclusive, he's gone. Because and if you're someone, comfortable with that, someone if someone wants him, they're going to come in, they're going to offer whatever, and then they're going to say, "Here, put the poison pill in the contract." Yeah, they're going to put something in that contract that make you go, "Damn, we can't sign this." To date. <laughs> I made this argument 100 years ago with Kirk Cousins, and and I think it holds some validity. To date, Lamar has played five years for $32 million. This pen I have sucks. Is there another pen around here? Man, let me just say something about that. You often provide you pens. You walk in here without pens on a daily basis, and damn it, if you don't bring pens, you can't talk about no pen. Here. In my defense. You had that one a couple of weeks ago. You didn't. You always have good pens, and somebody comes in here and steals them. No, that's the pen I, I gave you. No, that one doesn't work. That's the one I gave you last time. It was working. Lamar, when, when I gave it to you two weeks ago. 
Lamar has worked five years for thirty-two million dollars. Mm-hmm. That is roughly six, six, six and a quarter, mm-hmm. six point four, something like that. This year, the the franchise tag would be how much? Thirty-two million dollars. Thirty-two five. Okay, so that now becomes another year at thirty-two five. So you then would have Lamar six years at sixty-four mil. Which what is your AAV at that point? Ten. Ten points up. I should be able to figure that out. You're correct. So that, then all of a sudden you you paid him ten point two. Say you gotta go another year. Another franchise tag will cost you twenty percent. It's either twenty or twenty five percent bump up. I can't remember. That say that gets to what? Thirty six? Something like that. That third year won't happen though. Hang on. 64 plus 36, that gets you to 100, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you've got seven years of Lamar Jackson for 100 mil. Mm-hmm. What is that? 14 mil a pop? Uh, right at it. Something? Mm-hmm. 15, maybe? Nobody wants to hear this. You're winning. You can say you're winning, but I think you 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 mess up with your locker room and everything else by not. Once you stop showing uh, that you truly believe in a quarterback, you're screwed. What if you truly believe he's not willing to negotiate? Because we have heard that in this process. Yeah, that but Lamar's no, not about, willing to engage. Well, if I'm him, you come the second year, I'm not signing that franchise tag. I put you in a bind. Then what's going to happen then? See, the the teams always think they got the if Lamar get a tag this year, he probably, I'm not gonna sign it. You got 32 million waiting for what? Even if you were gonna do it, which you wouldn't. Even if you paid him some absurd 45 mil in the eighth year, you the eighth year you would have to give the right thing plus a 30 percent. Like it's like that's like a super jump where people never do it. People haven't done it, but as they continue to yeah, weaponize but, this but franchise, you got to rea- realize, especially though, at the quarterback in position, three years, it might still be in saving three you years. Money. It won't be thirty-two-five. Of of course, yeah. In three years, it's going to be a lot higher than that. I, you can argue from a dollar perspective, especially if Lamar, depending what reporting you believe in all this, if Lamar's not interested in a short-term guaranteed deal, if he doesn't want. Three years at 120 guaranteed. He only mm-hmm. wants to get five years at 200 guaranteed. Yeah. Whatever the number is, right? This is a better on paper course of action. Then you wonder last year, and there's a whole bunch of different reporting on this, but there were people that suggested they thought Lamar could play late in the year, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Lamar says he had a knee injury. There's no way he could have played. But the franchise tag in this situation, I very much believe, is just a road to nowhere. Yeah. I, I think on paper, hell yeah, franchise them. So far, you've you've gotten them for five years at 32 mil total. Give him another year at 32 mil, you've paid him for six years, $64 million. Mm-hmm. You're paying him less than the commanders are paying Charles Leno. Of course you do that. Because you can't look at these one-year deals as... 
the totality. The totality is all the years of service you've gotten for the player. Mm-hmm. But that sure seems like it'll just be a broken, broken situation. It is. I, I think it really is. I think, but you can, um, if you sit here, and I, and I, you've heard me say this a lot. You franchise tag Lamar. You franchise tag Lamar. I guarantee you won't be getting the best of Lamar in those two years. There's no way possible. Hard as hell to give somebody 100% of yourself when you know that they're basically screwing you. Or at least not committing to you. That's screwing you. <laughs> you got you got far less talented quarterbacks making will be making more money. If you're dating a girl and she won't tell you that you're exclusive, well, are you really dating that, that girl? <laughs> no. You might be doing something, but somebody else is too. We haven't even talked about your favorite guy yet. Who? Arguably the only other domino as big in all of this as Lamar. Ooh. A-Rod, the king of darkness. Oh, man. A-Rod's going to end up right where he's at because, you know, he likes to act like he's big tough, but he don't like to change. Or he's going to end up right there in uh, the Jets. One or two. That's it. I think he ends up on the Jets. I really do. I One think or two. So he's not going anywhere else. Lanville, can we get odds on where these dudes end up? Is it only kind of the, the shadier offshore joints, or can we get them on, like, DraftKings? If I, I, I wonder what the odds are on Rodgers to the Jets. Rodgers, at this point, there's reporting that he met with them. I mean, he's under contract with Green Bay. For him to be meeting with the Jets, they probably told him to go wild. look because Green Bay wants to get rid of that fifty million dollar contract. After last year, I don't blame him. They said they're done with that. How over Aaron Rodgers are you? Listen, man, it comes a point in time where a guy gets to the point where you, you know, you. you I told you, Terry Robisky told me this a long time ago. You'll put up with people's crap. Until they get to a point where you know what you don't have to put up with it anymore, and I truly, yeah, I truly believe that they're gonna get rid of him, and they're tired of his crap now. I'm tired of the crap going on around the microwave around here. <laughs> We're gonna try to time some things up to talk to Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitch and Finley. B. Mitch and Finley. Very excited right now to welcome on. Super Bowl winning head coach. Two times. Two times Super Bowl winning head coach, Mr. Andy Reid. Andy, thank you so much for time. Thank you for talking with us. We really appreciate it. appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for having me. How how, how we doing, Brian? Uh, We're doing good, Coach. Man, I told you, I I texted you. I said, well, we want to talk to you because we like to say things, you know, congratulations on the uh, season and all. And then, you know, we got somebody that worked very close to you here now. We want to just get your take. To make some of these fans understand what they're really getting in uh, in Eric Benemy. Good, yeah. You want me to tell you right now? I can do that. Hey, I, I can brag on him all day. <laughs> well, all right. Well, you know, listen. But first of all, you, I want to thank Ted too because listen, you got to sincerely, you got to do a good dude working. He lost his phone. He didn't have my number. He found JP's email. 
to get JP to get the number, and then boom, here you go. So we, we appreciate Ted as well. Yeah, well, don't tell him that. He's going to get a big head on me. <laughs> Andy, before we get to, to Eric, I, I, I wanted to ask you a question. At halftime of the Super Bowl and you guys are down, what do you say to your team to come back and put out one of the most impressive second halves of a Super Bowl in history? Yeah, so the guys, JP, they, they knew that um, that they were just off a tick. You know, we were just off a tick. And so uh, I heard Pat and Kelsey in there talking. I heard Chris Jones and I heard, uh, you know, Frank Clark in there talking while we were in getting organized as, a, as coaches. So um, to present to the players. So when I, by the time I came out and we were heading out to the field, I just said, listen, we're just that we're a tick off. Everybody just, you know, you don't need to scream and yell. Let's just go play. Let's go do our thing. And, and, uh, and we'll be there, but everybody do their job. Just do it an inch better than what you're doing it right now. And, uh, and we'll be fine. So yeah, that, that was about it. Yeah. yeah that's it one works. thing I always tell people, like I noticed about you, you were always in tune with your players. You understood what was going on. And like some coaches go into those rooms, they don't hear the players. You still kept the yeah. ears cause you wanted to know. I, I'm sure. No, I tried to. My hearing's not as good as it used to be, but I, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm just trying to keep it going. <laughs> I might have to get a miracle ear or something. Yeah, but... uh, all right, so so let's let's talk about Eric Bieniemy, who has been with you in Kansas City for some time now. He he took the job here in Washington, and w- one of the biggest questions for for those of us that have covered this Commanders team in previous iterations is is why would someone leave working with you and Mahomes and Kelsey and winning Super Bowls to take over this job. What, what did you tell Eric? I, I'm sure when he came to you to talk about it. Well, he and I talk all the time. So it's, it, that, that part was the easy part. We communicate and communicate. Well, I'm not telling you, I wanted to lose him to, uh, uh, to Washington, but I, at the same time, you want what's best for your guys. And so EB's had a ton of interviews here for head coaches. He's worked his tail off to have that opportunity to be a a head football coach in the National Football League. And it didn't work out. And some of it was because of the shadow that that I think I cast. And and we talked about it. And and so this gives him an opportunity to run his show. Now, you know Ron and I are are very close, too. Mm -hmm. And we – I talked to Ron about this too, but I talked to EB about if you could get with a defensive coach, head coach, um, then normally what they're going to do is let you go and run with this thing. And, and, and that's, uh, uh, you know, that's what he's going to be able to do. And that, that way he puts his name on it and no more Andy Reid on the side. It's all about EB and he deserves that opportunity. That's what that most of all, he deserves that opportunity and he'll work great with Ron. Ron's phenomenal. It'll work great with Ron. Um, they're two different personality types, and uh, but both of them love ball. So I, I think it'll be a, and both of them can teach, and that that's a, that, that'll be a big thing there. I think. The, the little myth that uh, you know he he's tough on his players. He doesn't get along with players. Can you dispel that? Because you you were with me for three years, and I got on players, but they understood I wanted to win, and I think Eric wants yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah, so you you need some juice in this thing, and and it's uh, and that's what that's what the commanders are getting. They're getting some juice with EB, and 
he loves his players. That that's what's the most important thing. And he's going to tell them when they do good. He's going to tell them when they're not doing good. And he's going to teach them how to do better when they screw up. And so uh, I think every player wants that. And, uh, and and that's the way he operates. And he's going to come at you. He's going to challenge you. I mean, that's that's healthy. Oh, yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. And, and then um, the guys have to – they have to understand that he wants to give everybody an opportunity to be great. And if, if you can do that, if you can present it that way and the guys are willing to accept that and and actually try to be great, not just talk about it, but try to be great, uh, then you're going to win a lot of games. Hey, Andy it- – is your head spinning a little bit between winning the Super Bowl, having the parade, and then the combine last week? Two weeks. Do, do you get any downtime <laughs> at all? No, I'll tell you what, man. It moves fast, but we're we're sitting back in and we're doing our scheme evals now back home here. And I just mentioned uh, to the coach, I go, the, some of the scheme evals show the, the cut-ups of uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, the play we're going through all the plays. And so the Super Bowl plays uh, are mixed in there. And I said – you know, a month ago, we were there. It seems like it was a year ago, but a month ago, we were right there uh, coaching that game. So um, it does. It, it goes fast. Hell, it's, not it's, even, it's not to, even a month, Coach. I know. Well, it's <laughs> exciting to be back in. I, that's all I know. And going through <laughs> yeah. team Val, I'm, I'm ready to roll. So it's all good. Well, I got to ask every time we have you on, Andy, um, you know, now that you've won two Super Bowls, have you considered any more trading Mahomes to Washington? That way he gets to be reunited with with EB. Uh, No. (laughs) I'll be be nice and clear with you on that one. No, I haven't thought about that. Um, I I believe it. That's not happening. Um, We don't want to hold you up, Coach. We know how, how tight your timeline is and, Sincerely, just want to say thank you for calling yeah, in. Definitely, it's man. All, it's always it. so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love you, Brian. I right, appreciate you, man. Thank Take you. care, brother. Yep. 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 Bye bye. Andy Reid, what a legend. What a man of his one day word. You go, one day you go get that trade, I'm going to keep asking. <laughs> Pat might be in a wheelchair, but you know, you might get that trade. Um, I, I did my best to. Take some notes there. Yes, Landfill. It's kind of messed up he won't trade Mahomes to D.C. I mean, he's had him for five years, won two Super Bowls, enough already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he always says how much he loves you, B. You got to lean on him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think he loves winning more. Um, <laughs> I did my best to transcribe some of the answers there about Eric Bieniemy, and and I thought um, some really interesting stuff from Andy Reid talking about Bieniemy. Uh, he said, I'm not telling you I wanted to lose him to Washington, but at the same time, you want what's best for your guys. This is Andy Reid talking about Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. He's worked his tail off for that opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, and that didn't work out. And some of it is, I think, I cast a big shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we've talked about that, and he said he he went to Bieniemy and said, "You want to be with a guy like Rivera because he's a defensive head coach, and it lets you run your own show." And Brian, you asked Andy about kind of some of the myths that exist yeah. around Bieniemy coaching his players too hard. I want to let you respond, but I loved this answer from Andy. He said, you need some juice in this thing, and that's what the commanders are getting. They're getting some juice with EB. You got to tell them when they do good and when they're also not doing good. Yeah. See, I think think fans and a lot of media types are a little confused when it comes down to that. Listen, this is a stressful job, and it's tough to win consistently. 
But you have to be, if you want to get the best out of players, you got to be honest with them. When they're screwing up and you know they're better, you can't just let it go. Because you, you, you've been around long enough to understand how human nature is. Human nature is this. If you're not saying I'm doing something wrong, then guess what? I'm not doing anything wrong. So I don't have to go correct anything. But if the coach checks me and I don't correct it, you know who checks me next? Another player. A veteran player is going to come in and say, he already told you about it. You know, too many people that have these, this thin skin and these soft feelings want to decide what happens in this sport. And that's the ones that's on TV talking a lot and the fans that like to just take anything they hear and run with it. Eric Bieniemy is no different than what John Harbaugh was in Philadelphia. Eric, Eric Bieniemy is no different than what Wayne Severe and Richard Pettibone were here with Joe Gibbs. You know what I mean? They were the guys where Joe could be straightforward and nice, but they were going to tell you in tongues, as Coach Thompson would say, in, in a different way, like, you know, let you know what they truly felt about you. And eventually the players are going to understand, Coach tried to correct you, didn't get ready. The players will start coming at you. Because I watched the two guys that people brought up. Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. The, the camera catches them talking a lot. Sometimes they're going back and forth like Tom Brady used to be with uh, what's the, uh, the coach that left from the offense coordinator. And then other times they are cool as hell with each other. Josh McDaniel. Yeah, Josh McDaniel. Hell, when you work that closely with somebody, you're going to have some stressful times every once in a while. But as long as the player understands that your main goal is to get them to where they need to be. Everybody talk about Shady McCoy when he came out. Shady McCoy fumbled the ball, didn't correct what he was doing. They sat his ass down and did not dress him out. And if Andy Reid thought he needed Shady, don't you think he would have been playing? But what did Andy do? Stick with what Eric said. And they still won the Super Bowl. Well, I, I'll go one step further, Brian. I think when you have Andy Reid talked about Ron and Eric Bieniemy, and he said he talked to Ron. He said, Ron and I have a great relationship that he, he really thinks it'll work out. He, he said specifically of Bieniemy and Rivera, they're two different personalities, but both of them love ball. Mm-hmm. Both of them can teach. And, and I think a guy like – I don't. I, I hate if this is an oversimplification, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying here. Offensively, especially after Pete Hainer left, the tight ends coach, and yeah, Pete Hainer retired. Like Pete Hainer is kind of an Eric Bieniemy, right? Sometimes you need a bad cop, and and, and uh, uh, even Jack. Uh, uh, Jack consistent. is a hard ass, but he's not a barker. He's not a yeller but as you, much. But you sometimes just need a guy to be consistent and you know which coach will call you out. Because the first day I went over to the practices a couple years ago, first guy I heard before I even got to the tent was Pete Hainer. And then you started telling me about him. And he was like that the whole practice. And every time I heard a player talk about him, they praised him. And I heard him dog cuss people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and but as he dog custom, he was teaching them. And the next time they did what he said, they did it properly. And he ran over and hugged them as loud as he talked about them. He hugged them and praised them. That's the thing, like people. When you hear somebody saying something, oh yeah, he cursed somebody out. 
But they're not telling you that he hugged the guy. They're not telling you that the guy got it right and, and, and scored a touchdown in the game because of it. You know what I'm saying? That's when people want you to just take their side of something. When the reason that Shady was not dressed out, because Shady wouldn't listen. And I've heard him not listening, doing what he wanted to do from multiple coaches that he had. And guess what? They played the same damn position in the NFL, so those guys know what they're talking about. Cussing at a player is not a bad thing. Doing it consistently and without any positive reinforcement. There are, there are things that can be too much. Yeah. But I played high school football at a pretty poor level, and I got cussed at, and it made me better. Man, I would say this. Everybody I've ever worked with, I probably cursed you out at one time. But you know it wasn't nothing that I just, I'm just trying to dog you. No, you probably did something I didn't think you should do. Or I want you to tell me about myself too. You get what I'm saying? Right. I don't live in the world where everything I do is right. Everything I, the way I do it is the only way. No. We have that relationship. You should be able to check me or correct me just like I am for you. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's too many people today, nobody wants to hear anybody tell them anything. And especially the younger generation, they think that no one has a right to tell them. Hell, we got the the judicial system has allowed people to divorce their parents, get mad at their parents because this, that, and the other. But the the judicial system is not going to pull you and take care of you. They're going to leave you right there at that damn house. So eventually... Being pacified and praised every step of the way when you're not doing stuff that deserves that, you should get the other side every once in a while. I I can't. You and I have talked about this. Um, Chris Kerwin, photographer mm-hmm. that I work with over at Channel 4. Yeah. It's like you and I, me and Landfill. I, I drive a lot of people crazy. It's just who I am. You do what? I drive a lot of people crazy. Oh, totally, just man. Who I am. You run people. And one S-A-C. thing. A-C. One thing I love about Kerwin is that he will push me to do the best possible job. And sometimes that means retaping stuff, taking different angles, whatever it is. But we're going, as long as you are pushing me to be the best and you will reciprocate that, you're mm-hmm. pushing yourself. And we're all working our asses off, but it's for all of us to be the best. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go as far as you push me. And so when Andy Reid talks about Eric Bieniemy and says he's going to come after you, he's going to challenge you, the guys have to understand that he wants to give everyone an opportunity to be great. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Where do I sign up? Yep. And, push, and push. Push, man. Let's get there. The day of his uh, press conference, Terry McLaurin walks up and he says, I want that hard coaching coach. He said, you won't have a problem here. You know why he won't have a problem here? Because people like Terry are going to accept it. And all the other guys that are less than, a t- less than Terry's are going to have to fall in line. And I think that's the thing about it where if I ever were a coach, my player, I'm going to sit back and watch out. And like he said, I want to know who they are. I'm going to find out who they are. And then I have the players who I know I can push on a little bit and and – you know, I can lean on them, and they're going to accept it because they they want it, and that's what they do. 
And if they're my leaders, oh, they're going to help me run my team because I'm going to do it that way. The guys that are on the end of the bench that don't want to hear me talking to them, they can go sit on the end of somebody else's bench because I'm going to get to do it on the end of my bench they want to hear. And I want to get better. You know, because if – I've always stated with, with Bill in, um, in, in, in New England, it was an easy job for Bill. You know why? Because Tom was there first, and he was the last one to leave and worked as hard as anybody on the football team. So if you're a Super Bowl-winning quarterback who's as popular as anybody out there is busting his ass to become better, how can anybody else complain about anything? See what I'm saying? Totally. You got to have the right people doing what you need them to do to lead your team. Because when I hear a lot of people, a lot of fans, send, they send texts, they send tweets, all this stuff, I would see them going partner with the with the guys that they can't talk trash to and end up losing instead of partnering with the guys that they can talk trash to that's going to go out there and make sure they win. Don't go anywhere. It's Demon Chappelle. I cannot believe the ACC tournament now starts on a Tuesday. Okay, well. I mean, every time I long for the old ACC, just remind me that the tournament now starts on a Tuesday and that it is um, – Louisville playing Boston College. That that ain't the ACC I, I long for. I can't believe that Virginia Tech is playing at night every time. That's what's most disappointing to yeah. me. Can we talk to CK about that? I Part of me thinks CK makes the Hokies play at night so they can't be on the air during the day. So we can't be off. Yeah. And all the Nats spring training games we're covering? Weekend games. Bogus. What the hell? Put them on. Middle of the day. Glanville, if you can, sync up all the Nats game, Nats day games to good weather days. I'll see what I can do. Thank you. Uh, is anybody ready to bet tonight? Oh, we need to know what happened last night. Jeff? It, I, now, let me just say, we got. he doesn't know what he's talking about. I took Boston last Jeff? night against Cleveland. Duh. And I, and I say Mitchell was out, plus seven and a half. He said, oh, yeah, man. Boston lost, man. They got destroyed. But I won, fool. I had seven and a half. And then I took the under, so I won. I'm 2-0. So, B-Mitch won. I'm going to award Jeff a loss. Don't know what he actually picked. I also lost. (laughs) JP, yesterday we decided you only get one bet, even though you weren't here yesterday. No, B-Mitch always gets a double bet when he misses a day. I got one double bet ever, and I tried to get it for you, but they voted against you. Yeah, we did. Uh, You know what? (laughs) I don't know when the Hokies would play tomorrow or later this week. It's all night games. Even if they win tonight? Yes. I checked. Oh. For some reason, my stuff not popping up. I don't know what to take. I'm taking the Wizards, minus nine. I can't believe the Wizards are a nine-point favorite. I'm taking them. Against who? <laughs> the Pistons. Pistons. In Detroit. Pistons might be a system pick right there. System pick. Uh, I'm taking the Hokies because I'm going to speak it into existence that they will have a day game, and uh, maybe it'll be tomorrow. Well, we need. What if hold they get on, in the on. NCAA tournament, Landfill? Who should I take? The Grizzlies? That's true. John not that playing that all, all LeBron. <laughs> Sometimes in the NBA, uh, Bill Simmons called it the Patrick Ewing theory that when the star goes down, the other players play better and they do better. Well, both of the stars are down. I don't know what to tell you, man. I I just took the Hokies because I'm hoping they play a day game. Ooh, boy. Have you you taken anything Detroit and Golden State. There you have it. I'm pulling it up. Everybody get rich. Uh, thank you to our guests today, Barcel Nate, Pete Haley, and, of course, the incomparable Andy Reid. How cool was that? Uh, tomorrow, maybe we'll do some calls. We'll definitely do calls Thursday. 
Thank you to everybody that listened. Thank you to Jeff Walker for putting in a solid one and a half hour. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Landini running everything on his but own. But y'all notice he texted us talking about he was here, but he had to move his car. He wasn't here yet. I rolled around the building. I never saw his car. Dude, the traffic on <laughs> Tuesdays is awful. Tuesday is the new Monday, and it stinks Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Grant and Danny coming your way next. You made it this far. I owe you a beer.